Welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We truly hope you're blessed as you listen to this week's message. All right, we want to, um, before I call up our speaker and introduce him, we actually have a pretty awesome testimony we want to release. Uh, Katie called us on uh, about this this week, and it's definitely something we felt we wanted to release. So uh, let's listen up, listen to this. This will stir your faith. <laughs> um, yeah, so like last, last weekend on, on Friday night, someone just tell the story about what happened? Okay. So yeah, so like at 1 o'clock, um, the apartment next to me caught on fire um, in my apartment building on the third floor on Park Ave. And um, I was up at 1 o'clock, I was praying and reading the Bible, and I smelled gas, and I thought it was me, so I checked my stove, and then um, I, didn't, I didn't see, I didn't know what it was, so then I looked out the window, and there was no flames coming out, so then it was like a couple minutes later, it smelled like something was burning, and then I started to get very worried, and so then I went outside to the hallway, and it was filled with black um, carbon monoxide, like thick black smoke to the point where you couldn't see in front of you. And um, there were no fire alarms that went off. So there were no fire alarms. So this probably happened within the five minutes, the whole hallway. And um, I went out there and I saw the guy next to me in my apartment building just standing there and he looked delirious. I thought I was dreaming because um, it just it looked like a dream. <laughs> so um, nobody was out there. So I either thought they, you know, I, I, I thought I was dreaming because nobody was out there. And so then I thought to myself, my neighbor, has um, a son who's uh, quadriplegic, and he's in a wheelchair, and then there's, she has two other grandsons. So I thought, you know, like, to save, you know, just to knock on her door, because um, I, I didn't want to just dart and run, you know, I, I could have, but I mean, there's other people, so. Um, I knocked on her door, and she wouldn't answer, so then I knocked again, and then thank God that she heard the knock, and then she got her sons, the guy across from me, he heard me on the 911 call yell fire, and so then he went upstairs to the fourth floor, and he knocked on every door, crawling on his knees. So I, I give him praise, you know, for doing that, because that's very selfless, and he's not a Christian. So, I mean, that was amazing. And just the testimony about it is that I got to share to two um, homosexual men on the first floor my testimony. I told them that I was praying and reading the Bible, and I'm learning not to be fearless, because there's so many people out there who don't know God, to not to be fearful, because there's so many um, people out there who don't know God. And it was cool, because I got to share my testimony with them, and I got to share with the woman next, next door to me. And um, I was reading Daniel 3. In Daniel 3, um, Ashek, Meshach, and Abednego went into the furnace. And um, Jesus showed me in the Bible that not one, they came out with not one smell of smoke on them, like not one. And... Um, even the men who lifted them up into the fire, they died. Um, and so, and then when they came out, or the Lord showed me that the fourth one looked like the Son of God. Um, so Jesus was walking around in the fire with them, comforting them. And I just thought that was cool. And it's crazy because the Lord changed the heart, the, the hearts, the heart of the King, because um, He said He saw that, and then He He started to worship God the God of uh, the three men. So I just feel like a lot of things in the end times, Jesus is really going to use miracles in our lives to show the world that he's real. 
Um, and I just really feel like he's going to stir that up, and, and people in the world, they're going to just cry out to him and see our testimonies and turn their hearts like the king did. So. Awesome. It's so awesome. I mean, if you saw the pictures that she posted the, of, like, the devastation and then her apartment with nothing, it was, it's pretty amazing. God spared her and many, many, many others, so... So that's good. Those things really stir our faith, right? I mean, we got to hear those. Uh, that's so good. Um, I want to call up and introduce our speaker this morning. Uh, many of you, um, many of you know them, Bill and Mary Smith. Some of you, if you're newer, you might not. Uh, but Bill has and Mary have had a 25-year almost relationship with New Hope, uh, where it's got, they are doing a work down in Mexico. And they have a lot of the same heart, the same mission, the same values and things that we do here. Um, and, you know, God is using them in a big way. We saw one of the videos of some of it last week and some of the impact that they're having. Um, but it's, it's pretty exciting. And I, I, wanna, I want you all to know, too, that uh, I think it's important. A part of our giving here actually goes right to Mexico. So when you give, there's a percentage of that that goes right to fund the work that's happening down there. So... You're all connected much more than just financially, but that, that is a piece of it too. And our hearts are connected. And I know many of you guys know them and have known them over the years. Uh, but give a warm welcome to uh, Bill as he comes and shares this morning. I really want to focus on just for a second is the end of that verse, and it says, the zeal of the Lord Almighty, and another version that says, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. The zeal of the, of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The zeal. There, there's something in the heart of God. There's, there's, you know, we're singing, set a, set a fire down in my soul. Well, you know, I don't know if you know this, but God has a fire burning inside of him. Yeah. You know, he's not passive. <laughs> Excuse me while I laugh a little bit because it just, you know, just, you know, he's not passive. There's a burning fire inside of him. And... He's going to accomplish his will, no matter what. Say with me, no matter what. You know, we all have a testimony here. We all could talk about where we've come from in life. Nobody's perfect here. Steve's pretty close, but, you know, but, but, no. Pardon me, I always drink coffee whenever I'm preaching. And we've all messed up. Isn't that true? I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I've, I have. I really tried not to do God's will for a very long time. And in various and sundry ways. But besides that, besides my, my trying not to follow God, he found a way to bring me in. He found a way to get to me. He found a way to say, you know, I love you. I was a, <laughs> I, tell, I tell people this, I was a revivalist for the devil when I lived in Southern California because that's how I lived. 
a white punk on dope. That's who I was. But in the midst of that, God was watching. That burning fire of love of his, that zeal was burning for me. And while I resisted him and, you know, godly parents and, and, and a godly family and, and whatever, you know, being exposed to the gospel all the time. Besides all of that, I would resist him and he would just keep coming back around from time to time. And there, was a t- there was one day I was sitting one block away from the beach in Huntington Beach, California, <clears throat> in this house, and we were, we were getting after it, right? Do you understand? I don't, you know, I don't want to have to say any more about that. But we were getting after it. And all of a sudden, these kids come walking in, you know, and they come in. And no big deal. Somebody says, oh, well, that's, that's this guy that we were partying up with. That's his roommate. Well, all of these kids that come walking in were part of Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa, California, Pastor Chuck Smith's church. And, you know, we're ripping it up, and all of a sudden, this guy comes in. And the next thing I know, they're talking to me about Jesus. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's great. And they said, do you want to pray? I said, sure. So they take me into the next room. They pray for me. And, you know, I say, Jesus, come. And, you know, and I walked out. And, well, I didn't make it. I kept living a lifestyle that wasn't, uh, that wasn't correct, as it were, before God. But from time to time, Jesus would just keep coming back to me one way or another. Because there's a zeal that burns in the heart of God. A zeal for me, a zeal for you. Finally, I gave up uh, when I was almost 27 years of age. And and I gave my heart to the Lord. You know, I start reading the Bible and I start finding out, well, hey, there's some other guys that kind of messed up in the Bible too. You know, and we call them heroes of the faith today. You know that? You know, you read, I was telling somebody the other day, I said, isn't it amazing that, you know, we read the Old Testament and we see where some of these guys really messed up and then in the New Testament they're talked about as like, you know, like Abraham is the father of the faith, you know? But we know that Abraham kind of had issues. You know, David, this guy's got a heart after God. Yeah, he had some serious issues. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, if we're being real here, right? Right. You know, David was, you know, no, I don't know. The dude had some problems. Have you ever considered that there was a prostitute in the direct line of Messiah? Directly. Like there's no escaping it. Stop and think about that for a second. Not, not so much that she was a prostitute, but that God's not afraid to be associated and related to a prostitute. Are you with me? Yeah. I'm going somewhere and I'll be done by 12 o'clock, I promise. I haven't preached in English in four years, so, you know. So it's kind of... I want to speak in Spanish, to be honest with you. It's really weird. But, but I'll be all right. And, and I, we probably won't be back for a few years, so you guys just have to put up with it today, I suppose. <laughs> just kidding. But, you know, Jesus isn't ashamed to have a prostitute, or he's not, ashamed to say, he's not ashamed to say, you know, my son David. 
you know, and, and Abraham. And we can go on and on and on, obviously, with biblical characters. But I don't want to talk about biblical characters because there's us. There's me. There's Bill Smith. Some pretty, pretty serious issues in my life. A lot of resistance to God. You know, I mean, I don't think I was worse than David with some of the things that he did or Abraham and some of the things that he did or others. If I can say it in those terms. But I really tried to resist God, yet here I am today. Why? Because the zeal of the Lord of hosts burns. And it burns for me personally. You know, like, like, like right now, I, I don't, I know it's happening and I kind of get it, but I don't really get it. But there's zeal burning in his heart for me personally. You know, when I started thinking about uh, on those things, you know, I started going, wow, man, what is up with that? Abraham, David, Rahab, others. Here's the kingdom right before us. The kingdom's right at hand. We can look back through history and, um, <laughs> you know, the church history. And if you look backwards through church history over the last couple thousand years, there's been one or two mistakes made. You know what I mean? Are you with me? You know? And yet, here's the church. China is being overrun with Christians. Africa is being overrun with Christians. You know, Latin America is being overrun with Christians. And, you know, as an American, I can say this. A lot of people here in America, oh, the church, this and that. You know, it's a good thing I'm in Mexico because sometimes I just want to slap them. Boom! And say, what is up with you? Don't you understand that you're talking about the church of the living God? And I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's like, what is, don't you understand that through the very vehicle that you're saying, oh, well, they got problems and everything like that, through this very vehicle that you're pointing at, the world is going to be saved. You know, are there issues? Yeah. So what? You know, am I saying, Ralphie said it the other day, he said, you know, sometimes when we talk like that, it sounds like, it kind of sounds like we're saying, well, it's okay to sin. No, we're not talking about that. that that's not what I, it is not okay to sin. But amazingly, when we sin, which we all do, the zeal of the Lord keeps burning towards us. You know, I, I read a quote about Martin Luther, which I thought was rather interesting. He says, you know, this is, I'll put it in my terminology. He says, you know, a preacher really isn't preaching grace until he's being accused of preaching that it's okay to sin. Accused of, I didn't say that he's preaching that, but he's accused. Because that's how big the grace of God is. You know, that this, we, we've, we've, been, we've been around here for 22 years. It was late 1993, the first time that we came. And, um, and there's been issues here. 
And I can tell you there's been issues in the church right over here, and there's been issues in the church down there. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not pointing out the issues of the church. They're just issues. It happens. You get a group of people together, you know, there's going to be issues sometimes. Are you with me? Yeah. Yet here's the church. This church, this church was, this church was founded by, by some people that were so far ahead of their time in what they were thinking that, like, to look back at it, right, me, for me personally, to look back at it now, it's like, it's incredible. Because before anybody was talking about the apostolic and the prophetic, these guys were saying, upon this, the church has been established. And what happens? Well, issues, things go up and down. And then the next thing you know, the church is this church right now, and your leadership is apostolic and prophetic. You know, Abraham blew it. Yeah, she's not my wife. Well, what are you talking about? It's my sister. You know, David. In the midst of all of that, the zeal of the Lord of hosts is just burning and burning. And see, this church is going to do the will of God. And like, like there's nothing that can stop that. We can make bad decisions, whether it be my church or my personal life. I can make really bad decisions. But even if I make bad decisions, that zeal, and I don't get this, that zeal is going to find a way to get through it and to complete his will. Now, we've already said it, right? I'm not talking about sin or anything like that. What I'm talking about is the will of God being done. Excuse me, I'm, I got the brakes on because I really want to go here, but I can't. It is proof that God exists. The church. I said, I said that in Spanish. I'm sorry, I said it backwards. The proof that God exists is that the church keeps going. Because with all of our mess-ups and all of our whatever you want to call it, the church keeps moving forward. I'd like to take just a minute or two and to talk to, uh, to some of you older saints here, our friends. I know there are new people here, and bear with me. I'm going to speak to you in just, in just a couple minutes, but... I don't know how it's happened, but I personally have become a pillar in the church of the living God. I really, I don't, I, you know, I don't even get it. Why God would honor me so much. But it's happened. You know, and I'm not tooting my horn, don't understand. You know, and I'm speaking to you guys that are like 50 and above. You guys are now the pillars of the church. This church here in the church, you know, I hope I'm making myself clear here. And I was thinking the other day, what, what is the main job of a pillar? 
the main job of the pillar is to hold the roof up. Are you with me? Now, a pillar has to have a good foundation. And we could have, we can talk, you know, and you guys that have been here for a while, you know, we could talk about anything that happened in the past. It makes no difference. There's a strong foundation in this church, and it's based right over these guys that are sitting right there in the front. You guys are extremely blessed to have them and the rest of this leadership team here. And the transition, to, I, I mean, excuse me while I take a few seconds to go off like this. Nobody ever transitions power, or almost never in a church, there's a transition of power, and the guy that was leading continues to work there, and he's actually still on staff, full time. That doesn't, uh, you know, maybe you don't know this, but I know this, that almost never happens. And this isn't the first time, this is the second time. It's the second time that this has happened. Now, why, why, why am I saying that? Some of you guys, new guys, you'll get the history of the church sooner or later. But why do I talk about that? Because that speaks to this zeal that is burning in the heart of God to see New Hope Community Church do what he has always wanted it to do. And we who have more gray than we used to have, <clears throat> like I said, somehow I've become a pillar in the church, and you are too. The problem is, is that as we get older, we kind of have, we kind of have a, a tendency to petrify. <laughs> Anybody? I lived in Southern California. The petrified force wasn't very far away from where I lived. If you don't know what petrify means, I give you permission right now to whip out your, your phones and read and figure out what that means. We, it, you know, older people tend to turn to stone. I hate to say it, but it really is true. Well, that isn't the way we used to do it. <laughs> you know? Right now, there'd be one or two of us that we'd be, we'd be a little... We'd be, we'd be a little uh, shocked at what's happening in that room right back there. Nah, there's no sin going on. That's what I'm talking about. The way, the way that Ben and Crystal are going to reach those children isn't going to be the way that somebody reached you. It just it ain't going to happen. I'm sorry. And our old ways of thinking will never reach them. So what do you got to do? If you got gray hair... You got to change. You just have to. The only way to change in this case, I'm speaking to y'all old folk out there, is you got to repent. I'm serious. As a heart attack, you have to repent. You have to change the way you're thinking. Because our tendency is to say, well, we just got to, you got to let it go. And I'm going to tell you why. Because you are pillars in this house. It's great to be a pillar and hold up the roof. And we have that choice. We can hold the roof up. But if we choose to, we can raise the roof. We don't... We, 
we don't have to, we don't have to say, well, this is good enough. We can keep pushing up, and again, I'm speaking to specific people, and you guys all know me here, and I know you. You can push the roof up farther. And why is that important? Because if we push the roof up farther, that means those that are coming behind us are going to have a floor that's a lot higher. If we push the ceiling, if I keep going theologically, if I keep... I keep pressing into the truth that God is good no matter what. I'm pushing the roof up. Yeah. And what happens? Some, some kid from this place over here, Meadowbrook or whatever it's called, he comes in and he's basically unchurched, doesn't know anything. And he comes in here and he doesn't listen to, or he isn't taught some of the stuff that we learned that we've had to unlearn in the last few years. In my case, almost a decade. He doesn't, they don't got to unlearn. They come right into this safe place like some of you young peop, younger saints that are here. You, you know, you, well, I've been saved for a year or so. You've come into such a safe place. You're in a, you, you probably don't even know it, which is okay. But I can tell you this. The zeal of the love of the Lord for you was so much that he brought you here. <laughs> so that you could be in a safe place. So that you can unpack you can unpack some baggage that you're carrying around so you can get healed because (laughs) I say this to my kids all the time you know my son said you know dad you're getting a little senile I said as I am you'll be (laughs) is it true or is it not true there's nobody here that looked at their mom or dad and said oh I don't want to be like that and we all ended up just like them Why am I saying that? Because some of you guys, so, uh, you know, I, I can see some of you young people, young couples out here. These lights are really terrible on my eyes, to be honest with you. But I can see you. As I am, you'll be. You're going to serve God for 20 years. Gray hairs are going to start coming out. And you won't really know how, but I can tell you that you will become a pillar in the house of God. And then you get to decide. Are you going to keep pushing the roof? Keep pushing the ceiling? Or are we just going to hold the roof up and it's going to be okay? We can't do that. We can't. We have to change. You know, some of these young whippersnappers come along. You know? And they start talking to us about things that are like, what, I, well, you know, I've never heard anything like that in my whole life. What do you mean I can be optimistic about end times? I know not everybody's getting exactly the, what, what I'm saying, but you will sooner or later. You know? You mean I can be optim- you mean, you mean You mean that's what they taught me all my life? That, that's not going to happen? Are you out of your mind? Everybody I know taught that, yeah, but, but that doesn't mean they were right. And some of these guys come along and they start telling us, well, why don't you think about that and about this? The problem is, is, as older saints, we have a tendency to harden up. 
Now, I know that's not happening here, and I applaud you guys. Really, I do. I, I'm not saying that that's what you guys are doing. And I would like to say, and, and I'm sure that you, you know this, Steve, but I still want to say it. It is, it, is, it is almost impossible to make turns in theological thought like that after so many years. And I say that because I want to applaud you older saints for making that turn theologically. That's called raising the roof. That's called saying, I'm not going to be the same. I'm going to keep going. You know, I'm, I'm 58. A lot of you guys are older than me. Some of you are younger than me. But to make these changes and to turn like that doesn't happen very much. That is testimony to the zeal of the love of God for you and your leadership. You know, I wish Wani was here today. But she chose her grandchildren over us. I don't understand why she would do that, but no. But this dude, I don't know what to say, Ralphie, other than I love you, man. I freaking love you. You know what Ben and Crystal are doing back there with their whole leadership team? What you, Joey, what you guys have done with the children? Dang. Dang. Last weekend, you know, we hadn't been here in four years last week, and we're over here. Worship's going. I was so distracted by those kids. I just finally said, I'm giving up. Lord, you're going to have to put up with this. I'm going to sit down and watch these children. <clears throat> and it gave me a bit of a metaphor for what I'm talking about. As we hold the roof up, and I speak to all of you as adults, because as I am, you're going to be sooner or later. Remember this in 25 years. Remember when the gray hairs start coming out, I'm getting wisdom, but I got to keep pushing. I got to keep going. I got to keep going up. Why? Because they're coming. They're coming. There are people that have come or are here right now that they heard a podcast and they give up everything. Are you kidding? Some people we met here last week from Toronto. Is that where they were? They, you know, I, I, you know, I don't. They have something to do with with John or I, I don't know all the details. But you know, I mean, that's not around the corner here. You know what I mean? No, we just want to come. It's because. The zeal of the Lord's here burning. You know, and as, as you move into this place of leadership, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. You know, again, like I said, this church was, was started on the apostolic and the prophetic when nobody in the whole wide world was talking about it. And today, that foundation that was started so long ago is deep. But now there's more revelation. They worked with what they had. And that's what we're doing today. We're working with what we have. My desire, I'm going to be long gone, but my desire is, is that when Steve and Joy have gray hair like us, 
that they'll recognize what it is, and I know they're going to, I'm not, I hope I'm saying this correctly, you know, that they're going to recognize that this is the continuation of something that's been burning in the heart of God forever. Forever. And it burns continuously in his heart. And we're a part of it. We get to be a part of it. There is one other thing I'd like to say because my time's up. On Tuesday, I was going to come to the school here and just kind of hang out and see whoever was here. But I open up the door and a youth pastor walks right in front of me, just like that. I said, what are you doing, Ben? He says, I'm painting. I just followed him just like a puppy dog because I have a real heart in my I have a real, a real soft spot in my heart for youth pastors, being an ex one. Well, actually, I still am kind of sort of right now. But that's a whole different story. <clears throat> and he was in there, and he was pumped up, and he was zealous, and he was going on, you know, and he says, God, you know, he says, you know, just all these new things that are going on, and I got a word from the Lord. I said, I just looked at him. I said, you know, Ben, I said, you know what you are? Never talked to the guy in my life. I said, you know what you are? You are the answer to the prayers of people who are dead. You are, you are the answer to pr the prayers of people who are no longer breathing. I know some of the story. So what does that tell us about today? How should, how should we pray today? Jesus, you better hold on because I'm going to start raising the roof with my prayers. Yeah. Little story on Friday. I still got 37 minutes. Yeah, I got two minutes according to my clock. We were, we were with the Hogans in their home group and we were praying and somebody said, Somebody prayed and said, Jesus, we pray for the equipment, basically, this is what they said, so that we could begin to video and send out over the internet what's happening here. And I piped right up and I said, yeah, Jesus, how about a half a million dollars? <laughs> yeah, okay, start, wouldn't it, Steve? You'd take a half a million dollars to start, your, start the internet ministry here. Why? Because while, while it may not be this huge 10,000 seat building and there's bazillion peoples all over the place and everything like that, you don't need that anymore. That's all you right. need to have is the heart of God. That's right. And a connection and an okay camera <laughs> and somebody that knows how to edit. No, no, listen to what I'm saying. And you can change the world. This kind of drew out, I, I see Karen who I've not met officially. Hi, I'm, pardon me. We've not officially met. I'm Bill Smith. Pleasure to meet you. <clears throat> but there at the Hogan's house, they had the video on of one of the one of the videos of Bethel, and I mean it was slick. It was it was professional. And it got done. I turned to look at everybody. I said, I said that's really professional. And he said, Yeah. I said, Did you guys know that there's only like 715 people sitting there? They said, what? 
I said, yeah. The building th that they meet in holds, about, holds less than 800 people. You ought to see your faces right now. You're like, what? It's a 5,000 member church, it is, plus all the people that come from the school. But they're changing the world and they don't got a 25,000 seat auditorium. I, 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 hopefully I'm making yeah. sense here. Yeah, yeah. Y'all that got the gray hair, I'm gonna help you out here, Stevie. Y'all that got the gray hair, you got the money too. You think I'm kidding, I'm not kidding. Those teenagers don't got money. But you guys have money and you guys have, this is the missionary coming out of me here, sorry. Y'all got it. And you can let that zeal of the Lord of hosts burn up in you to use that money, why? Because you're gonna be praying right now and they're gonna come in 45 years when we're all gonna be dead. They're out there, God, they're not even alive today. The kingdom, the king and the kingdom, that he knows who's coming. And if we'll start thinking about it, and if we'll start looking at it on those terms, then our lives take on a significance which becomes eternal. Yeah, that's good. I'm a minute over. We're doing the same thing in Mexico, y'all. Doing the same thing. Praying the same prayers. And they're coming. It's happening. It's happening. I don't have time to say anything about any more about that. Would you guys please stand? <clears throat> Y'all know that there's a lot of power and blessing, right? Well, if y'all will let me, I want to bless y'all. Mary, why don't you come on up, baby? You know, we're... For, for us, this is home. I'm, I'm from Southern California. She's from Mexico City. You know, but when we come here, this is home. And I'm not talking about Rochester, the city. I'm talking about this right here. I'm talk and I'm talking about you personally. You know, that, that's... We come back here. We don't come back for the weather. <laughs> Sorry about that. So, we just want to bless y'all, okay? Father, we bless our church. And we extend, um, we extend our hearts over this church. And we thank you that before any of us were born, we thank you before, before this church started, we, we thank you that before the world began, you knew that this was gonna happen. And thank you that we have this opportunity to serve God and the purposes of God in our generation. Father, I pray for the fire of the zeal of the Almighty God to burn in this church. Yeah. A bright fire which calls unto the nations, yeah. which brings people from the ends of the earth 
to this place right here, which I believe has always been the destiny. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen, Lord. We may be well gone before its manifestation comes. But we pray for that right now, Jesus. And I pray for half a million dollars to start the internet ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. We love y'all. Thank you very much. And one, one second. There's going to be prayer teams. Um, they, made, they made sure that I had to say this. There are going to be prayer teams. Craig and all of his great people are going to be right over here. And I think my wife wants to say something. Pardon me. Sorry. I just want to say something. This church is always be about nations. And I feel like God is going to give you more impact not just around Rochester and around the states, but nations. Some of you are going to go to nations. And that's going to be so incredible, like Bill says, because what you guys have here is just amazing. And God is going to reach you higher and higher and higher. And I can see people from different nations even stationed in our church. And that's just going to be amazing. Amen. We'll take it. Um, I just want to take a minute to reiterate, um, we don't want you to just hear from Bill's heart how much we love and value the pillars in this body. We want you to hear it from Steve and I, too. We, we've had uh, a couple different conversations with a couple people that we would consider pillars in the last week, actually. And just having an opportunity to sit with somebody in our living room and say, do you know how valuable you are to us? That these people who, you know, Steve calls them legacy, legacy new hopers, you know, people who have been through the fire with us, um, that the value that you hold in our hearts is so meaningful. And uh, this isn't, it's not just words from Bill, it's our hearts. And we we love our pillars. We really do. And, And, you know, there's, so much happening and I know that you hear about growth and movement and new people coming and we talk about that and we are excited about that and we don't want to be apologetic about that. The, the good news is that when we have these pillars that are on the team with us moving this ship forward, we can come on a Sunday morning and we can say hi to all these new people and maybe not even ever get a chance to say hi to the pillars, but we know that they're with us moving this ship forward, that they're carrying weight with us, that they are, they are seeing the responsibility that they carry to reach people who are coming and visiting and, and new faces that are coming. So we just appreciate you so very much. And please know that you're loved and you're valued. And as this ship moves forward, we need you with us. So be blessed. If you've got kids downstairs, uh, you can pick them up in the great room. And prayer teams, come on up and have some coffee in the cafe and say hello to some people. Peek in the youth room if you haven't seen it, yes. We really hope you enjoyed this week's message. Please join us again sometime and be sure to check out our exciting resources at newhopecom.org.